a very special episode of See Here Love because today we are celebrating women that we work with and so I'm so excited that I get to interview the women who usually interview others. We're also celebrating International Women's Day on Break the Bias. This is what we're doing this year. We're breaking the bias, our unconscious and implicit biases. What can we do to ensure a gender equal world? So this show is gonna be full of fun, deep conversation, inspiration, encouragement for you. So welcome, Maggie, Cheryl, and Misha to the show. I want to introduce you guys, but this is really exciting, like yeah. colleagues and friends together. Yeah. I love, we, we've never done this. Never. I know. It's exciting. It's so exciting. And it's I like, what do we do? I know like, you guys are a little bit awkward. We do know how to do television. <laughs> yes. But someone's asking us questions, though, Maggie. That's right. I know. Yes. Right? I know. This is why I loved it when we came up with this idea with the team. We're like, oh, I can't wait to put them on the hot seat. Yeah. Let's just interview Melinda. I know. Yes. No, no. That's yes. not how. Don't, don't switch it around. Okay. Well, let me introduce you to these amazing women if you don't know them already. Uh, you should know them, but if you don't. Cheryl Weber here, fully on the couch. <laughs> Got the whole couch. Co-host of 100, Huntley Street Canada's longest-running daily talk show, and the international producer for Crossroads Cares, which is the missions arm of Crossroads, right? Yes, Relief and Development. Relief and Development. Welcome, Cheryl. Glad Yay. to have you here. Maggie John, anchor and producer of Context Behind the Headlines, Canada's premier Christian voice in news and current affairs. Welcome, Maggie. Thanks, Mel. And finally, Hey Misha Watson, host and creator of Hey Misha, a hilarious, musically led, Ooh. biblical teaching variety show for kids. Oh, yes. <laughs> hi, hi, hi. Yay. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, let me, this is great because I want to start off with did you all want to be in media and broadcast? Like when you were a little girl, because here we all are content creators, showrunners, producers, anchors, you name it, hosts. Is this what you wanted for your life when you were little? Misha, let's start with you. Yes. Okay. I don't think anyone thought I could, I could do anything else. They were like, you're gonna perform in some kind of way, mm -hmm. whether it's on stage, in front of the camera, behind the camera, whatever it was, mm -hmm. that was gonna be it. But I thought I would be like a music video dancer. Oh, oh. like J-Lo. Like J-Lo, no. but I couldn't sing, but I was like, I can dance. Okay. You see a little bit? Yeah. You, you, can, you cannot. <laughs> I love you, however, but you cannot. But, um, but God didn't give me the gift of dancing, so he gave me this gift, so here we are. And you, were, uh, you are an actor. Yes. Right? Yeah. And a former YTV host. Yeah. You, yeah. You've done a lot. Done a lot. Love uh, directing, writing, producing. Uh, I do acting, coaching. I do speaking, any motivational speaking. I'm like a... I just wow. want to do creative stuff as much as possible in as many places as possible. Amazing. Yeah. So dancer to all of that. To all, all the of things. That. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Cheryl, did you want to be a TV national TV host when you were a little girl? No, actually, <laughs> and I don't remember what I wanted to be okay. as a kid, but I, I did go to university as a piano major. No. Yes. Oh. And I was terrified of being on television. Like absolutely. <laughs> Literally in my television class, like I, I took an introduction to media to try it. Mm -hmm. We had to sit here like this and then the cameraman would practice on us. Just focus and zoom. Like that's it. All I had to do was sit there and not say a word. I would turn red. I would start shaking. <laughs> I would start sweating. I got so terrified. I can't explain it. God, and, one word. Yeah. And God. here you are. Yeah. So piano, do you still play piano? No, because I hated it as a major. <laughs> okay. And I hated like playing for hours a day. It was fun. It wasn't my... You know, I think people who take their hobby and make it their career yeah. find this, and I never played again. I just ended it. Well, okay, guys, put back the piano. Right. <laughs> Producers, take back the piano. Don't bring it in. <laughs> I'm going to play. Misha's going to dance. Yeah, okay. Are you going to sing? Okay, yeah. Now we're like, and Maggie. No. <laughs> Horse jumping. I don't know. We don't know. Right? Who looping? No. Okay, Maggie, for you. Yeah. Is this what you thought you would, your life would be like and end up? No, uh, I okay. actually wanted to be a lawyer. Oh. And so uh -huh. I had this plan of being a legal analyst. So my idea was that I would study law and that I would do TV, but more like, you know, they call on like Johnny Cochran to hear, you know, yeah. his take on whatever. Like that was my idea. And then I took a law class in Ryerson and hated it. <laughs> like, like barely passed. I'm like, okay, so law's not for me. But the conversation with yeah. my parents after I told them, actually I told my brother, I'm like, so I'm not gonna be a lawyer. And he then told my parents, and my parents are like, I heard you're not gonna be a lawyer. Oh. And so I'm like, yeah, I might get into journalism. And like, can you make money off of it? <laughs> 
Here I am. And, and what's the answer Here to that, Maggie? Well, you know, <laughs> leave that alone. But, That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so all the different things. I think for me, I thought I would either go into travel and tourism or something, mm. a basketball player. Oh, okay. <laughs> Joking. Okay. Or a soccer player. No, these are my things. Like I really wanted to. <laughs> or a fashion designer. Ooh, I really I want to that. go into fashion. Yeah, and right. here I am and had no I honestly, if you asked me if I was like five or fifteen, even twenty-one, I would have never said that I would have ended up here. Mm. So this is good. I think, you know, with International Women's Day, I really wanted to spend time with you all. I think sometimes we miss the amazing women that we work with, that who work alongside of us, who are our colleagues. And so for this show, I was like, we have some amazing women at Crossroads where we all work. Let's celebrate them. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad that we could celebrate each other, know more about one another, because I think sometimes we work and do the work, but we actually don't get to sit down right. and actually find out that you used to play piano. <laughs> right? as, like, a, as a career. As a career, I had no idea. And a dancer and a lawyer and basketball player <laughs> or something. Okay, but I just wanted to say that again, that I, it's really great to be together and celebrate one another. So on that note, I always love asking, Greatest accomplishment, greatest win to date. I love hearing the stories of triumph or overcoming or just something that was a dream of yours and you're like, I set my mind to it and I accomplished it. Because I think that encourages a lot of people who are kind of starting off and they're like, ah, can I do it? And then they hear stories from like us and they go, I can. So who wants to go? Who's ready? Misha? Oh, Misha did a little dance. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Um, I had a dream to have my name in lights. That was my goal. Okay. I needed my name on some sort of um, marquee mm -hmm. or billboard or something like that. It mm -hmm. was just like all about me. I wanted a show that was all about me. And God was like, how about all about me? But <laughs> <laughs> right. you can put your name in front. Yeah. And so that's what happened. I was able to create a show, Hey Misha, mm -hmm. where my name is in lights, but I'm able to showcase Jesus and make it all about Jesus and what Jesus has done in my life and what, you know, being a Christian and part of the Christian community he has done about my life and who I, how I see myself and my family and my community. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably the biggest accomplishment ever because it might have started off as a really self-centered dream. Like I want it to be all about me but now I'm able to I'm able to work in this show or create this show where it's all about Jesus. But I get to enjoy all parts of my personality mm -hmm. in it. I get to make stuff that's funny and light and joyful and also serious and important. Um, and, you know, when I get to go to conferences and speak and, you know, acting coaching and all these kinds of things, I'm able to utilize every single part of who I am. But it's all for God. Wow. And so it's got more weight to it. Mm -hmm. It's stronger. It's more important. There's more of a purpose to it and a mission to it. And so I genuinely feel like every day I'm living my dream. So when people ask me, how you doing? I'm like, great, great. <laughs> yeah. Things are great because I'm living my dream. Love it. Yeah. Living your dream. So Marquis of Misha to Marquis of Misha Jesus. Right. I got it. Yeah. Good. That's so good. I love that. Great accomplishment. Maggie. Yeah. So I would say besides my children, mm -hmm. like, I mean, that's my biggest accomplishment. Yeah. Um, I would say the Baby Depots. It's this little charity that I started almost nine years ago, eight and a half years ago in my basement, uh, came out of uh, my time as a reporter on Huntley Street and covering a woman that was collecting gently used baby clothing and donating a year's worth of clothing to babies in need in Hamilton. She had stopped that. And I had always just resonated with Kathy and what she was doing. And uh, long story short, was kind of pushed in that direction to take up the mantle. And uh, my church really surrounded me and, and helped me and supported me in my basement and uh, and I mean, it's like a series of God's stories, Mel, that we can't even get through. But today, uh, Baby Depot's now a boutique, has a storefront downtown wow. Hamilton, you know, feel like that's where God wants us to be. And now people get to come in and buy for, f or get for free, mm -hmm. a year's worth of clothing for their oh. babies. Oh. And so, we, you know, Incredible. they set aside, they, you know, they're through their um, caseworker or social worker, they set aside an hour's time in the boutique. They get to shop in the boutique yeah. for free for that hour and just be loved and, and be in a safe space. And really it's, um, it's about dignity. Like that was our motivation behind this is bring, bringing dignity into mm -hmm. the process with so many people who live on the margins and exist in the margins 
choice is taken away from them, dignity is taken away from them. It's either take this or leave it. Somebody else mm -hmm. behind you will take it. And we're saying, no, even if you've hit that rough patch, you deserve yeah. an opportunity to choose what you want for your child. And your child deserves to have clean clothes. And that's, you know, that's just a basic thing. And yeah. so if we can do that, our slug line is connecting neighbors one need at a time. And it's all gently used stuff that moms are like, yeah, I have things that I want to donate and I know it's going to a good cause. When we started, we were helping like 13 babies, grew to about 75. And this year, our goal is 200 babies. Oh, wow. And so to year to date, we've helped a little over 700 babies. Wow. So by, our, by year 10, we'll be way over 1,000 babies. And Cheryl was there like in my basement. She did a couple <laughs> stories. Uh, she can tell stories of bats on the walls. We won't talk about that. And Maggie but, trying to um, teach me about children's clothing. I'm like, we're trying to sort it. I have no idea. Like, no idea. And God is just, you know, the lesson that I've learned through that, and Cheryl could attribute to this because I've told her so many stories, is letting go. Mm -hmm. It's been really letting go because if it was up to me, Baby Depot would still be in my basement, still be in the comfort zone. And God has just said, this is mine. And kind of like what you were saying too, Misha, mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, when you let go, the things and places and where God yes. will take something yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So Let yeah. go, that's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations, that's, that's huge. Huge accomplishment. Well and our done. store is beautiful. It doesn't yeah. look like a charity mm -hmm. space at all. Yeah. It looks like the Gap, the Baby Gap. Oh, it does look like Baby Gap. Nice. It's gorgeous. Okay, it's gorgeous. I'm gonna have to check it out. I, I'm sorry, I haven't. I'm just yeah. like, oh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Let go, mm -hmm. all right. Cheryl. Okay, so. <laughs> I love how it's like a preface. Like, <laughs> right, right. So, are you ready? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a dream to climb Machu Picchu my whole life. This is what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I got invited to climb Kilimanjaro. <laughs> and I was like, Kilimanjaro, but I, my dream is to climb Machu Picchu. <laughs> and Kilimanjaro is higher and harder. It's the, it's the highest mountain in Africa. Um, but it was on behalf of sexually traf trafficked women and kids. And that's a cause that is so close to my heart. I have people that are very close to me that have been sexually assaulted and abused. Mm -hmm. And they've seen how just a couple incidents have cast a shadow over their whole life trying to deal with it and go through counseling and deal with the trauma. And then I think about little kids or women who are assaulted hundreds of times and how that affects them. So it's so personal to me, it's so passionate. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've spent time with survivors all over the world from children to adults. Um, so the cause, and it, and of course it is adventure and climbing mountains. So I was <laughs> of like, course. But so many things went wrong. I got really sick really early on with altitude sickness. And I was like, what am I going to do? I'm the media crew. Like, I have to shoot the summit. <laughs> like, I can't not get there. Right. Plus, I've told all of Canada I'm going to do it. <laughs> so that would be humiliating. I'm not yeah. good with that. Um, so, yeah, I just say it was like the hardest thing I've ever tried to do while I felt the sickest I've ever felt while I couldn't breathe. That's what summoning at altitude is like. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, everyone was sick. It was crazy. But, and also I have arthritis in my ankle. It's something I never really talked about, osteoarthritis. When, my, when I had to get medical clearance from my doctor, I was like, yeah, I know, I think I should be fine. Like, I didn't brought a reminder. <laughs> yeah. She didn't remember, <laughs> so she cleared me. And by the time, the day that we summited, by the time I got back down, my ankle was literally just giving out. Like I couldn't wow. walk anymore. But I was just so proud of the fact that I pushed through and I did it and for a cause that means so much. And I just thought, whatever I have to suffer, like I had, you know, blisters on the inside of my mm. mouth from the from the glacier. I, my nose looked like the elephant man. <laughs> like it was just from the glacier in the sun. Just I, my toenails fell off. Like it was crazy. But you just go, you know what? At the end of the day, that's one week of my life. And I think this many times when I'm doing humanitarian work, whatever it is, Maggie knows this. Whatever you're facing, you're like, I'm gonna go home after a week, back to yeah. my my first world. And the people here can never leave. Mm. Women who are trapped in slavery and children, they don't have that option to recover mm. or to leave. It, it was just one week of my life, but it's like, it almost felt like prayer, like taking part of a little bit of suffering on their behalf, just to pray for them and, you know, to raise funds and to, to raise awareness. I don't know, it's like Amazing. one of the most meaningful things in my life. 10 years this year in January. Wow. Yeah, 10 years ago, Incredible. can you believe that? I know, 10 years, wow. You know, there's a, there's a thread here, right? So we've got, Jesus, letting go, dignity, you know, if, if we have a voice and a platform to, to bring awareness to something, then do. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is Jesus. Like, I mean, a lot of it, even for me, I, I would say for my accomplishment is see here, love. I mean, I have no background in media, broadcasting, marketing, promotions. I wanted to be a fashion designer, you know? I mean, we have a great set. <laughs> but I, I mean... It, all of it is, I, I just heard the whispers of Jesus say, 
perfect because it's not about you. Mm -hmm. Let me do it. Yeah. So I'm going to open doors. I'm going to have you in, meet the right people. You're going to push through. There's going to be people that are going to do pro bono work for you and believe in you. And that's how See Here Love happened. And it is one of my greatest accomplishments, like, you know, Misha, what you said, because it came from nothing to something. Mm -hmm. It's like creating something out of nothing. And you're like, oh, I get it. God gets that, creating sort of nothing out of something into, like, humans. And so I think the God part in all of our story is beautiful. Mm. It's inspiring. And I think that that should encourage, you know, women to say, let go and like really press into Jesus. Is this where you want me to go? And what do you want me to do? So thank you. This question, I think this is a big one, especially for International Women's Day. Because we talk about wins and highs, but we also need to talk about struggles, um, pain, and, and what have you experienced internally or externally? I internally mean like an internal, you know, struggle you have about within yourself or whatnot, or an external struggle or, th or thing that has happened to you that you've had to really work through. Um, and maybe share that with a bit of how have you overcome or are overcoming and working through that struggle? Maggie, let's start with mm. you. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think the internal struggle uh, when you're on TV is the imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. You know, I think all of us could acknowledge that, mm -hmm. right? It's like, do I belong here? But I think uh, a, a woman, and being a woman of color, mm -hmm. and being quite strong about my opinions, mm -hmm. has added a layer of that, right? And so um, having to fight the assumption that p some people have that I shouldn't be able to have strong opinions, that I shouldn't be in that space, mm -hmm. or that if I share my strong opinions, I'm being too forceful, mm -hmm. or, and, and so with that comes deletion or what, you know, that, yeah. whatever that looks like. So I think that's been like, you know, I got a recent tattoo that says live loved and, and mm -hmm. Lisa Turkhurst, because I love Lisa Turkhurst, says that in one of her books, um, uh, oh, what is it called? Uh, You're Invited, I think it is. I can't remember the name. But, um, and for me, that's what it is. It's walking to, into any space knowing that I'm living loved mm -hmm. because I'm loved by Jesus. Yeah. And so that's all I need mm -hmm. uh, is, is the acknowledgement that Jesus loves me. And so that, you know, if people will delete you or people want to silence you, that's their choice to make. Yeah. But I'm living in my true self of who God has created me to be. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and that's been hard. I won't say it's been easy because, again, we still fight with mm -hmm. imposter. Should I yeah. be here? All of the, do I do I have the right to have this voice? Um, you know, I remember coming back from Haiti and seeing people that look exactly like me in despair mm -hmm. and thinking, God, why would you choose for me to be able to live in such comfort? I get to go home. I get to go to, you know, home to my nice house and my children and my husband. And yet there are people that literally can look like my brother and sister who live on the other side of the world who don't get that privilege. And I remember this lady saying, you have the privilege of being able to tell their stories. That's your job. Yeah. And so that for me has been like, my mantra has been, how do I be a catalyst? How do I help people tell their stories? Not get in the way, mm -hmm. but help tell their stories so that people could care. The yeah. people can't say then they didn't know, um, but that we've told, we've done our job by telling the story and then it's up to viewers to actually act. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I wonder how many of us, and I think it's, it, people are like, what? You've dealt with imposter syndrome every day. Yeah. Like, there are times where I'm just like, I know that I've had, you know, 25 years of experience now with yeah. the work I do, but every day there are moments I'm like, what if I get found out that I really don't know what I'm doing? Yeah. Or I don't know what I'm saying. Or she doesn't have the background to it. And I know a lot of women that struggle with that, mm -hmm. but I think it's, it's really important that Yes, there are things that you don't have, but man, when you're with Jesus, it's like, he's like, perfect. Then you can't rely on all these things. Uh, you got to trust me mm -hmm. and I'll bring the right people in place. So that's really good. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. That's a, that's a really real, you know, struggle that I think many women face. Mm. Thanks, Maggie. Show for you. This was a hard one, actually. And there's some, my mind went in so many different directions, but I was thinking about being a woman in business, but also being a woman in a Christian business. Mm. There's so many different layers there. Definitely over the years, I, I have experienced discrimination. Um, you know, people just trying to keep you in your, in your place or put you 
in a certain place kind of keep you down or pay you less or not promote you or all those kinds of things over the years are just comments or treating you like a daughter mm -hmm. or uh, <laughs> you know patting you on the head like those uh -huh. kinds of things. I think as a woman and it's it's hard to know like how to be genuine, how to function in your strengths without kind of crossing people's expectations or boundaries mm -hmm. of what a woman should be because yeah. when you're strong sometimes you're considered to be you know the b word mm -hmm. <laughs> i can say that mm -hmm. but i was thinking of this one moment where i was in an, an executive a meeting with executives uh, years ago and it was all men and me and uh we, we were discussing a number of things and i had this boss that just kept piling work on me piling work on me and i was like just so exhausted mm -hmm. and stressed out and i kept trying to express and in the meeting he tried to give me more and I was trying to express, like, I can't keep up with what you're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I got the same kind of pat on the head, like, oh, you'll you'll be fine. Don't worry. Yeah. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Well, I was so exhausted, stressed out, and frustrated. I started crying. And if you know me, like, I don't cry in business meetings. <laughs> I don't cry at work. Like, it's just, you know, like, I might cry if I'm talking about trafficking on air or something like that. But it's just not a normal thing for me. But I started crying, and I was so embarrassed because I couldn't stop. And, uh, and I got more condensation and more of that, and I was <laughs> never invited back to another executive oh, meeting wow. under that leadership. Hmm. And I, so I just think, like, being a, women, a woman, if, you know, if a man got really upset or angry, it would be excused. But, but as a woman, you have to be stronger, mm -hmm. better. Um, you know, you can't show that vulnerability because it's just, oh, they're an emotional woman. Like, let's get her out of here. This is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right? And so I just, yeah, I think that trying to figure out how to be a woman, a strong woman, you know, a godly woman in a culture that sometimes um, doesn't allow women to be uniquely women. Mm -hmm. Wow, big. I get that. I, in one of my past organizations, a director came up to me and said, no offense, but we don't know what to do with you. Hmm. You laugh really loud. You dress really funky. Like, what's with leather pants <laughs> and a fur vest? I'm like, what's wrong with this in a corporate setting? And he was like, yeah, but what that did to me was the, 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 the statement, we don't know what to do with you. So that was very painful because to do with you means that's me. This is who I am. This is the, the person, the fur-wearing, leather-pant-wearing, loud-laughing person I am. This is who God created me to be. And you're actually identifying who I'm created to be and loved by God as a, as a problem, right? We don't know what to do with you. So we don't even know where to place you. And I've had the same thing you know, over the years where, you know, as a woman of color, as a woman, as a young woman, as a small woman, there were so many prejudices and biases against me with assumptions that I wasn't smart enough, that I shouldn't be at the table, mm. that I didn't fit in. Mm. And, you know, again, being here with all of you, it's like, it feels like, whoa, for all the haters and the naysayers, mm. here we are. Mm. Like, for all the hard work and pain, we have made it and we're here and we're still here, we're not going anywhere. Mm. And so I think that's sort of that, because that was painful times, I get it, Maggie. Like it was, there were some hard things about what people wanted you to be, mm -hmm. to fit into their, mm. to their mold, and I never did. Um, so I appreciate And we're thankful. <laughs> I was just gonna say, thank we're you. thankful for that. Yeah. <laughs> thank Man. you, but I understand that, you know, Cheryl, I really do. Misha, for you. Yeah, it's um, similar to a lot of what you've all said so far that um, there's a lot of intersections to what makes up my identity based on what the, how the world sees me. So Jesus sees me as his daughter, but the world sees me as a black, immigrant, um, tall, uh, single woman. Mm -hmm. And I find it hard. I guess the part I'm struggling with these days is which kind of Misha do you want in this environment? Because all I have energy for is exactly who I am. Mm. I don't have the capacity to, and I think I don't have the capacity to fake it to be in this environment anymore. And I'm, I'm grateful for that over the last couple of years, you know, that every conference I've been at, every conversation or panel I've found myself on, I'm like, this is, you're going to get exactly me, no more filter, uh, no more people pleasing, because um, this is what women need to be able to relate to is an honest woman talking about her actual struggles, what she's actually going through. But the hard part is you do kind of rub people the wrong way when you're as honest as you want to be or as you are called to be. Um, so that's probably been the hardest part of uh, this growth stage that I'm in is 
kind of seeing the naysayers and seeing the haters and that sort of thing, because they were comfortable with me in a certain way when I didn't talk about what it really is like to be a single woman, that I love it, that I'm you know, in a, you know, a happy environment, that I'm not like rushing to the altar, like having these kind of conversations about um, my actual life is exhilarating. Mm -hmm. And I see women saying like, oh, thank God someone's talking about it in this way. And thank God someone's talking about that specific topic. And um, you know, I, every time I've sit, sat at a conference recently where we were talking about singleness and uh, a girl said, mm, yeah, in the, in the audience. <laughs> and it just, came, I was like, oh, okay, good. Even though inside I'm like shaking because I'm, you know, I didn't prep the audience for what I was gonna talk about. Mm -hmm. But even hearing that, I was like, okay, we're on the right path. But it has been a hard road to um, be open and honest as much as possible with all parts of myself. But I actually want to shout out Maggie because um, going through this difficult time, I, I remember she said something like, um, if you look around and you don't see representation, it's you. Mm -hmm. And that gave me so much confidence because I was like, well, I don't see what I'm doing, what I what I believe in, what I feel like needs to be out there, I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. I may have seen it come out of a, a face that doesn't look like mine or doesn't sound like mine, but I haven't heard it from any black, young immigrant women talking on a platform like this. Like I have the opportunity to be on a platform like this, so I wanna use it, but it doesn't make it any easier, you know? Mm -hmm. All suffer from imposter syndrome, but um, that's kind of the, the journey right now. And, and you know, part of that question was, so what are you doing now with that? It's, I have to keep reminding myself that God knows exactly who I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so being honest about who I am is most important. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm leaning on. Even when I'm shaky, I'm yeah. like, just be honest, just be who you are. So good. And I feel like what we're hearing too is like busting open the box. Yeah. Right, like all oh, yeah. of us in our own unique ways are saying, no, we don't fit in that box. Mm -hmm. And so how do we bust out of that? And with that comes disappointment for mm -hmm. some people because they're like, well, I expect that Maggie will be like this. I expect that Misha will be like this. Right. I expect that Cheryl mm -hmm. Mel will be like this. And then we're like, no, this is who God's created us. Yeah. Yep. And we don't fit in a box. And unapologetically don't fit in, the, in that box because we're walking with Jesus. Right. And as long as he's okay with the journey, then we need to be okay with the journey. So good, mm. yeah. Takeaways. Or maybe it's just affirming one another. Maybe either take the time to like affirm each other or a young woman who's listening and she's on this journey of maybe some struggle or maybe internal um, challenges that she's imposter syndrome or maybe external mm. where she's already been told things and she's at kind of a crossroads about how am I, what kind of woman am I going to be? How am I going to follow Jesus? Uh, how am I going to look at life ahead of me? in a good, flourishing, positive, life-giving way? And how am I gonna be kind to myself? What would you say? Mm. Would you, what would you say to her to encourage her on this International Women's Day mm. as we stand in solidarity and allyship and friendship with women who struggle? Cheryl? I have a verse for okay. her. <laughs> good. Proverbs 18, 16, this is a verse that God gives, gave me years ago when I was just starting out. A person's gift opens doors for him, bringing him access to important people. And, you know, God told me pretty early on, um, it was in a time when I felt unseen, that the things God was speaking to me, nobody else saw. Um, and I, I, he just said, look, it doesn't matter what people think about you, your gender, your gifts, um, your abilities, mm. whatever they think, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get you to where I want you to go regardless of people's opinions. Mm. Yeah. That has been, I think, knowing the challenges that I've, I've experienced, the, the nasty things that I've seen people do over the years, mm -hmm. if I hadn't had that as my foundation, I think I would be very bitter, probably, or cynical. Mm -hmm. And I think the way that I've kept my love for people and the job that we do is by just saying, God, you're gonna get me where you're gonna get me, regardless of what happens along the way. And I would say to, to anybody starting out, it's not gonna be easy. Even if God brings you somewhere, it's not gonna be easy, but that doesn't mean it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. resilience and persistence and keeping your heart pure, like forgiveness, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, and not judging mm -hmm. people and just you know, letting the tough things go and just stay focused on mission. Just mission, mission, mission. Love God, love others. That's it. It's so mm -hmm. simple. And it can, it's a lifetime of just being able to do those two simple things. Good. That's, yeah, that's, that's what my secret is. Anyway. Love God and love mm. others. 
That's yeah, and cool. just know that God's going to get you there, yeah. regardless of people. Woo, that's good. Ooh. Misha, some encouragement. Yeah, that gave me the ooey gooey. I know. Like, I was like, oh, ooh. yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're not alone. I just, I so often just want to like, I literally live alone and I love living alone, but I, I realize that I'm not the only one. Like I look out into the city and I think in all the windows of the condo buildings, there's probably someone just like me sitting there by themselves mm -hmm. thinking that no one could ever possibly be thinking about life in the way that I'm thinking about it. But there are people, there are communities out there just like that. And in the time when the world is being deconstructed and the, you know, um, government and church and the big C church is all being deconstructed and we're all confused about all of it. Um, find your people, like the, we're out there. And I feel like that's what's helped, carried me along is um, copy and pasting prayers that my friends have told me they've prayed. Oh yeah, I needed that prayer for today because I needed to tell God what's going on in my heart as honestly as possible, but I couldn't even find the words. And sometimes it's enough to just say Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes you really want someone to say, I'm ahead of you one step. Let me bring you up to where I am by giving you just a prayer or some encouragement. But I would say like to find your people and to find your community because we're all sitting in those little boxes in those condos just waiting for connection as well. Um, and not even necessarily in a church context. Like if you're on a, you, you realize you're following someone who's also following the same person, um, follow them, reach out, chat. Like it's all about social media. There's so many friends I've made over the last couple of years that I've never met in real life. Wow, yeah. But they're a part of my community now and they're continuing to encourage me. So like reach out to that person you follow who has been encouraging you and maybe start a connection there. Mm -hmm. uh, don't expect too much because everyone's busy. But, <laughs> but I do think, you know, give it a shot. Like try and build that community because as much as you feel alone, we're never alone when we have Jesus. Mm -hmm. But Jesus also presents us with people who we can spend uh, days with right yeah. so that's my biggest my biggest um so advice. reach out mm -hmm. no you're not alone mm -hmm. but reach out i know people need people yeah we need one another it's good maggie yeah i would echo what both of these ladies have said i think it's gonna be hard and that young lady needs to know that mm -hmm. you know like we've seen enough young people come through our doors where they just like feel like they should be on tv in your spot Mm -hmm. tomorrow right and so and you know we've all struggled we've all gone through we've had to climb the ladder and mm -hmm. work hard to get there so mm -hmm. life is hard um, and, and also find your tribe but also find people who are gonna be honest with you authentic with you who are gonna cheerlead you and that might be one or two people it doesn't have to be a whole crew right um, but you need people who are gonna give you good feedback, who care, really love you mm. through the hard times and the good times that are safe. And I don't know about you ladies, but when you get into leadership, it's hard to find those people. Oh. It is hard to find Amen, people. Amen, sister. Yeah. <laughs> fully trust with all of your business. Yeah. Um, that are just gonna love you through all of that. Mm. And so I think finding that tribe is essential to growth and knowing your worth. Mm. At the end of the day, know your worth. Know your worth in Jesus. Know what your boundaries are. Know what you t accept and what you don't accept. And be fine with closing that door if the other person doesn't know your worth. So good. You know, I just had a conversation with our Ask the Experts panel and they totally gave me permission that if there is a toxic relationship or person, you can end it. Yes! End it. Like, don't carry on with it because we're people pleasers or we think it's like, here is your life. Who are you in Jesus? If this person is causing you problems or pain, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Such good, good thoughts, good advice. You're not going anywhere. Cheryl might be lying on the couch because we've been talking for so long. Well, let's continue this conversation with our friend and colleague, Lara Watson. She's the co-host and senior executive producer of 100 Huntley Street. And she shares from 1 John 2 11 in The Good Word and the importance of love and community as we break the bias and choose justice and equality for all people. Here's Lara. Thanks, Mel, and the women's panel for a great discussion. You know, when I was in Bible college, a group of male students led the school paper, and they had a staunch bias that women could not be leaders. One day, one of them asked me my thoughts on this, and I couldn't even fathom an answer. Because at nine years old, my single mom had led our household. She worked full time, provided for me and my two sisters without any child support, 
And she figured out how to make multiple meals out of one bag of potatoes. And I still love potatoes. <laughs> Women are resourceful, they are powerful, they are leaders and they are strongest together. But how do women pursue being our authentic selves and rooted in true communi community when we're living in a world that is bombarding us with bias and prejudice about womanhood? You're a woman so you can't be a leader. You shouldn't be here. You don't look like you should. You don't behave like you should. You don't have the relationships you should have. These polarizing messages leave women feeling judged and rejected and, and even worse, feeling hateful of themselves or hateful of other women. And this is a vicious cycle God wants to break. So the Bible is always challenging us to stop, stop and think about our thinking. So, so what does the Bible have to say about this? You know, around 70 years after Jesus was on this earth, a man named John wrote a book in the Bible. And in 1 John 2:11, it says, whoever hates a brother or sister lives in the darkness, stumbling around in the dark with no clue where he or she is going, for he or she is blinded by the darkness. Hatred of the self or others makes us spiritually and socially blind so that we end up stumbling around in the darkness of our hearts, devoid of love, true humanity, and that authentic community we need. So what is the antidote? According to the rest of 1 John, the answer is love. We need to step into the truth that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, children of God together, that we are called to live by the ethic of Jesus, laying our lives down for one another, putting one another first, and at every turn, pursuing living and loving in authentic community that is Christian, because that is the only way that we will discover together and individually what God has in store for us. Thanks so much, Laura. I love your unpacking of that scripture. So good to go back to the good word uh, to really see what is Jesus saying and why is it so important to be in community as we love one another. Okay, so International Women's Day, ladies, this year, 2022, is break the bias. Mm. It's breaking the bias um, so that we can move toward a gender equal world. Maggie, just if people don't know, implicit and unconscious bias, what, yeah. what is it that yeah. we need to break? So this is Maggie's definition, not, so, yeah. not Miriam Webster's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can Google that version. But um, implicit is more like intentional bias. And so you're looking at somebody because of their class, because of their race, because of their gender, and you're basically saying, uh, I'm biased towards you because of these things. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, explicit bias um, is more, uh, or sorry, I messed them up. Okay. Um, sorry, unconscious. Okay. Unconscious bias is more of the sense of, yeah, you don't really realize mm -hmm. that you're making uh, a biased decision, right? And so many times people make the decision to, to you know, be it, um, uh, a pay increase or things like that. And, and it's in the back of their heads, but they can't acknowledge that it's actually because of race or because of right. uh, gender or all of those things. But it's kind of this underlying mm -hmm. feeling that people have. Yeah. So I don't know if that explains it. That's Maggie's definition. Yeah, no, 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 like that's it. really um, good. That's really good, Maggie. Because I think <laughs> with unconscious bias, and as I was sort of reading about it, it's really like, you know, family of origin, things that were said, the community we, we were brought up in, our church culture, yeah. things that we are about that we've taken in internally and maybe not have really like sat and paused in it to say, this is what I believe, but it's just come in. And then when we meet other people or are in a situation, we make a decision based on that from something that was unconscious that yeah. we were just like, oh. And so that could be anything. I mean, you're right, gender, um, it can be ethnicity, it could be age, it could be height. There are so many, there's, I looked up, there was 19 biases that people have identified that we actually make decisions out of. And I'm like, 19? I think there are probably more And there's probably that. more. They identified yeah. these, but it was like community bias mm. and, and like corporate bias yeah. and like all kinds of things. But in that, why do we need to break the bias? Why is it so important, especially for us as women in the platforms that we have, why is it so important for us to break those harmful biases um, against people. I think, Cheryl, you're ready. I did some research. <laughs> of course you did. I know we don't have a ton of time, so I'm just gonna give you the headlines. But basically, this is from the Harvard Business Review. It was a study that looked at, for, it talked to 40,000 men, 20,000 women, and said, who make better leaders, women or men? And the majority of people said women, which totally shocked me because that's, that's two-thirds men who thought that women make better leaders. Wow. And I'm not one to pit men against women. I'm mm -hmm. a cheerleader of men and women. I totally believe we both need to soar. But it just makes me think about all the women who've been held back, who have so much to offer, who mm -hmm. are not getting out there, and the world is being robbed. I mean, the world is literally on fire 
like war, famine, poverty, disease, mm -hmm. despair, depression, suicide, like literally on fire. And then people say like half the church, oh, you guys, <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't want you out there on mm -hmm. the battle. Right. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Right. It's going to take everybody. So for me, I just want to see the whole church, yeah. like all people of faith out there making a difference in the world and not one person with amazing giftings inside Misha's age, you know, mm -hmm. launching into this world. And I, I know you're not like 50. <laughs> you're not? But you know what? I don't want to see you held back. I yeah. want to see the mm -hmm. world being able to enjoy everything that people have to offer. Yeah. That is powerful. Like what you're saying is, the reason why we need to break the bias is actually we're hindering goodness mm -hmm. and dignity and help, right? And care happening in the world because, because of gender, because we've said, no, women can't do that. Or the young people can't do that. Or, or, or. Yes. It's actually when you sit and think about that, that's horrible. Yeah. That's horrible that we're eliminating people from the work that God has called us to do, mm. being based on the bias. Yeah. Wow. Oh. And age, that's a whole other one. Yeah, like, age. Like young people, people making fun of millennials, and then young people thinking that older people have nothing. To, like, it's crazy yeah. what we buy into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, Misha, you're like, mm-hmm. Why should we and why do we need to break the bias? Well, I think that we're all looking for a full life. We all want a full life. We all, all want to be loved. We want to experience kindness. We want to grow. We want to... Um, leave a legacy, and in order to do that, we all need a fair chance, you know? And I think in situations where you run into a, a brick wall or a glass ceiling, that's a lot of like, you know, mm -hmm. boxing here. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's so, so unfortunate. I feel like I wanna identify all the biases that could possibly exist in my life and mm -hmm. in the lives of people around me so that we can kind of have those dissipate. Like, I, I don't expect that in my lifetime there will be no biases. But I feel like right now there's a kind of a rumbling mm -hmm. of change in policy, in conversation, in just community that's happening. And so I think it's most important that we open up these conversations and continue to have them. And I'll we'll talk about it later on about how we can go about mm -hmm. doing that. But I think it's, it's something that's been carried on. It's, it started you know, decades and decades and probably even centuries ago, but it's got to continue, and I think now we're ramping up. Maybe yeah. I'm just paying more attention, but I feel like now yeah. we're ramping up. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Maggie. Yeah, I think uh, a part of that is just being able to identify that legacy is such an important part of this, right? Like, I think all of us are thinking about who are we pulling up behind us, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. so when you're breaking those biases, it's you're contributing to, and you're being a good steward of what God has given you. Mm -hmm. So God's given you this space here, see here love. And I've seen you do that, Melinda, by bringing other people into this space. That's a part of stewarding what God's given you well. And that's a part of breaking the biases, mm -hmm. right? That's showing that there are other women, other women of color who could be in the space and deserve to be in this space. Mm -hmm. And so that's how the, I think the conversation shifts is when people all of a sudden, it's gonna be normal to see people of all sorts of walks of life mm -hmm. on television. And it's just, you know, I remember growing up and I, I remember Suhana Marshan was the only woman of color that I saw and she was on CBC. Mm. The only woman of color in news that I saw. Yeah. And now you look and there's so many beautiful faces on television and that just mm -hmm. continues to need to grow. There's still so many gaps, but I think it's always thinking about legacy. And that's a part of breaking that bias and saying, no, there, you know, there's Misha and there's Maggie, but there deserves to be more. Yeah. Um, and how do we create space so that those other women feel like they are welcome in this space? So good. You know, it's incredible breaking the bias because if you think about it, if we, if we as Jesus followers are like every single person is created by him and loved yeah. by him, and we are actually not allowing people at the table or with opportunity because of bias, it must grieve his mm. heart mm. deeply that the one he created is being hindered from their calling, an incredible vocation, opportunity, because we, because me, have a bias that is based on not love, but a fear yeah. or control, or even I could say hate. Mm. Like just think about that for a moment. That, that, that sitting on that, it's like, that I could be hindering the work of God, the love of God to the world because of my bias, mm. because of my bias. Mm. And that's why I think it's so important. Legacy, opportunity, 
right, that we need to break the bias and begin this. And if we're not doing it now, then today's the day to do this, mm -hmm. to actually really choose consciously to begin that, mm -hmm. which is what Maisha we're saying, how are we gonna do it? I mean, not to put you guys on the spot, but I think <laughs> we can talk all about it, but if we're not as women leaders and influencers and, and TV anchors and personalities, aren't gonna do it, then how are we gonna ask other people to mm. do it? So what are we gonna do, or even commit to do, to break the bias in home, work, school, community, mm. you know? How are we Everywhere, gonna... yeah. Everywhere, so yeah. This is Misha's how to break the bias. <laughs> bop, bop, wait, lights, 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 <laughs> lights, lights, lights. <laughs> um, I, I love this question because I was just thinking about, like, what, what would I love to see in this moment um, and I would love that the conversations that need, because this is hard work, right? This is all yeah. hard work, you know? It's obviously policy and stuff like that as well, but this is also hard work. And in order to be able to change hearts and grow and that sort of thing, it needs to happen in a safe space. And I think we throw that word around quite frequently or those words around quite frequently, but creating a safe space and then checking in, is it still a safe space? Hmm. Why isn't it a safe space? Hmm. Um, I had this thought a while ago where, where um, I realized if something happened to me in my place of work, not specifically speaking about here, but in my place of work, that I felt like because I'm a woman, this is what's happened to me. Mm -hmm. It's unlikely that I would turn to someone at my work to fix it. I'd probably go to my mom, my best friend, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. But in creating something where it's a safe space for growth to happen at work, I've never even, I haven't even seen it before. I don't even mm -hmm. know what it looks like, but it's a dream. It's like. Let's start there. Let's let's create a safe space in which when things happen regarding gender, regarding race, whatever, what have you, um, there's a safe space to go to start the change. Mm -hmm. what, is a, what does a safe space look like in your life? Mm -hmm. Are you in any safe spaces? I feel like I had 20,000 friends before COVID and now I have five mm -hmm. <laughs> because five is a safe space. Yeah. And that's where growth and change happens. And so mm -hmm. that's what I think is one of the most important parts is wherever the change is happening, because it's in your heart, it needs to start in a safe space. Mm -hmm. good. That's good, so safe space. Mm -hmm. Excellent. What are you gonna do, Cheryl? Oh, <laughs> you know what? I think number one is cheerleading other women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think when you fought really hard to get where you are, you can see other women as competition as opposed to sisterhood. Mm -hmm. and, and you protect your space because it was so hard to get it in the first place. Mm -hmm. I think that's the exact opposite attitude that we need to have. It's like we need to make room. You know, I heard an author say, Mary DeMuth, I love this mm -hmm. quote. She said, you just need to tell yourself when you feel like somebody else doing the job, like Melinda, hosting See Here Love, which has always been my dream to host a women's talk show, means that I'll never get to do it, right? And you're mm -hmm. sad about that. It's like, you need to tell yourself there's room at the table for me. Mm -hmm. And you need to tell yourself there's room at the table for all the women here and every woman that I need. And so I think, you know, like I wouldn't promote a woman over a man because that's another form of bias, like just because mm -hmm. they're a woman, mm -hmm. you know, but, but making room for other women and cheering them on and yeah. encouraging them and being a cheerleader as, a, as opposed to a competitor I think is 100% the way we do it. And I'll just add one other thing because I know we're almost out of time, but um, giving platform to awesome women yeah. so that you can see other women who've got to places where people told them that they couldn't get. And don't believe it. When people tell you that you can't do it, don't believe it because <laughs> yes. every woman that has accomplished something amazing or man has done it because they didn't believe what people were telling them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. If nice. God's telling you that you can do it, you do it. Go do it. And you'll be amazed. So don't think, Women are competition, give platform, create space at the table. There's lots of room at the table. It's good. Be a cheerleader. And be a cheerleader, yeah. To Maggie. Yeah, I would say as a mother raising two young boys, it means raising advocates of women. Yeah. It, it means raising two young men to um, see, uh, see the beauty of women and how do they become aligned and allies of women. Mm -hmm. And so, and we have that conversation, not just about women, but just people that are different than us. Yeah. And so what does that look like for, you know, the kid with Down syndrome in the mm -hmm. class? How does that, you know, be a friend and those kind of things? How do, how do we be leaders instead of followers? We have that conversation literally with my nine-year-old every morning walking to school, 
What are you going to be today, Joshua? A leader, not a follower. This is what we say every <laughs> so single day. So good. Um, because th I, that's the responsibility I have. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I know I'm raising two black boys who are going to face their own biases. Mm -hmm. and so how do they? How do I make sure that they don't perpetuate that? but be life-giving in the position that they are still gonna be men mm -hmm. um, that will have opportunities that women won't have. And so how do they also create space and see people for who they are? Wow, that's good. So good. As I'm listening to this, I'm like creating safe space because I'm thinking of my own life and you know, what does that mean to create safe space for people that could come to me and feel like they're not being judged, they can share. Uh, we can challenge each other and then like really motivate one another towards justice and equality, those kinds of conversations. The platform, I think that is a good one. I think as a you know brown, as a Filipino woman, there was always like, I had to fight so hard to get there. I don't want somebody else to do it because I fought so hard and mm. then I'm gonna be pushed aside and as I get older, like all of these thoughts. But there's room at the table for everybody. Legacy, like I'm not gonna be here forever. So who's gonna come up in my place to keep the conversations going that you are seen, heard and loved? You know, being a cheerleader for people. And I think a lot of women need to know that. It's not competition, it's cheering. And I think too, Maggie, for me, like, you know, I have a 15 year old and 17 year old, and we talk a lot about kindness. And if you see somebody, it's kindness first and love. Mm -hmm. Like that's what the world needs. So if you see, you know, a classmate hurting, then, and if other people are like, oh, you go to that person, you're the person to go to that person and, and, and bring them over to the lunch table and be with them. And so I think these are all great things that you're doing that collectively we need more people to do and I know this is a very very encouraging conversation we have one more a bit of time with you guys to talk about takeaways but we couldn't talk about break the bias without our colleague Métis host and producer of First People's Voices and founder of I Am Compelled Crystal Lavallee sharing her thoughts on how to bridge the gaps between Indigenous and non-Indigenous so that reconciliation can happen here's Crystal Miigwech, Melinda, Tanshi. It's an honor to be here. And um, my name's Crystal, and I'm a Métis Greek Canadian with roots that connect to the Red River Settlement, which is present-day Manitoba. My auntie, Annie Lavalley, married into the Louis Riel family. And my mom's side of the family hails from Sparta and Athens. So for the past 12 years, through my educational charity, I Am Compelled, and with production with First People's Voices, I've had the honor of visiting over 20 Indigenous communities across Turtle Island. So being in the communities and listening to 100 plus stories, residential school survivors, 60s scoop, language and culture department heads, chief and council, elders, young people. So going to the communities and listening to the stories and then coming back into the major cities, I've noticed that there's a major disconnect between who we are as Indigenous people and what people actually believe about us. So many times I've asked people to share what they know about Indigenous people and the answer, the answers are often the same. It's usually drunk, lazy and living off the system. But that is so far from the truth, which is why the Truth and Reconciliation Commission carried the 94 calls to action. Um, you know, they have those steps, which are incredible steps towards understanding the horrible injustices of our past and the cyclical patterns that we've all had to push through while giving hope for the future. So I know that this isn't about reconciliation, but for an Indigenous person, reconciliation is relationship, relationship, relationship. And so, you know, when I think about that, as far as biases that we may have towards Indigenous people, um, you know, I encourage you, maybe you start to Google, you know, the communities that are near you and you start to pray for their healing. Or maybe you do what my friend did in Nova Scotia. She was so compelled to be a change agent. She started going to the community to buy her gas. Week after week, she got her gas and built relationships with community members. And today those relationships are strong and there's a mutual understanding that's happening. Or maybe it's educating yourself about the skeletons in the closet from the past. Well, firstpeoplesvoices.ca, we have a whole bunch of stories of Indigenous people who live in their communities, who are sharing their pain, as well as where they found healing. So maybe that's your first step. And I know for me, um, growing up, I learned about the European history. And uh, it took me 12, it was 12 years ago where I started to really grasp my journey as an Indigenous woman. And um, as I've been doing that, I have found a passion in trailblazing 
for the generation behind me. And um, on this International Women's Day, I encourage you to see God, see others, and see the future. And together, we can make it a, a better, brighter, happier place. Miigwech. Thank you so much, Crystal, for your inspiring and convicting thoughts on breaking the bias with Indigenous and non-Indigenous. Okay, one final takeaway. Now, one, you guys, one, okay? <laughs> Not 10,000 or else our director, John's going to get mad at me. But one takeaway on either, like, how we can break the bias or, again, uh, a way to celebrate the women in our lives. Because it is International Women's Day. It's a, it's a celebration of women and who we are and the things that we do and love. Misha, takeaway. Okay. Well, you're not alone. That's what I'd want to say to every woman watching. You're not mm -hmm. alone in whatever's going on in your life, wherever you find yourself, whether it's the bathroom floor or it's in front of a makeup mm -hmm. mirror. Um, and if you are going through it, you are not alone in it. And that there are safe spaces all around that you can look for and find and be a part of. And I know there's always that question of like, but where? Like, I'm, all, I'm stuck at home all by myself. Mm -hmm. But, you know, reach out to the people who are in your life and the people who you currently trust. Um, and I guess the last thing I'd really want to say is that for myself, I found that um, I finally have a safe space. Mm. And I don't know if I've ever really known what that meant mm. um, to have people who I can be really honest with. And before I even like figure out what's making me, you know, horribly depressed or sad or whatever it is, um, I have people who I can go to on zero level zero, like blah, just that. Mm -hmm. And that's been really important and special to me. And I would want every woman to be able to experience that. Um, so I encourage women to find that kind of a safe space and then get the change started within your small, small community. I love that. And I think the other flip side, Misha, is find that community, but we need to be that community, mm. right? Because if no one's creating safe community, where are people going to go to? Yeah. So I think there is an onus on us to say, okay, there's a lot of people looking for community. I'm going to choose to be that. I'll choose to be a safe space for you know, these women so that they can come to me when they're on the bathroom floor and they need somebody. So that's really good. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. Find that community. Yeah. So good. Awesome. Cheryl. I think what I'm really, I'm so deeply reflecting on after listening to all of you is realizing that every one of us is struggling with internal barriers, mm -hmm. beliefs, things that are being reflected back to us about our value, our worth, our ethnicity, our gender, our leadership, our talent, you know, all of these things. And to the extent that we believe them, we're gonna be held back yeah. from the awesome mm. things that God has. You know, I'm a huge believer that fear is a bully. Mm. Like it's just, it's just sitting there like any bully in the school are telling you, you can't do it, you shouldn't do it, you, you, know, you don't deserve it, get back. All the lies about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and when you stand up to a bully, it backs down. It's the most amazing thing. Yeah. And so I think my encouragement would be, you said heart work earlier, do the heart mm -hmm. work. So I would say do the heart work about realizing the fears that you have, um, the barriers, the things that you've believed, the things that you've let people define you about, spending time letting God redefine that, putting people around you that are cheerleaders and who also believe in you. Like I have people who tell me all the time, you don't believe in yourself enough, blah, you know? <laughs> and even though I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Super helpful, totally right? <laughs> because because I, I start I start looking at it and going, well, why do they say that? And where do they see that? You know, and, and I just, you never stop growing in this area, but do the hard work because the world needs what you have. And mm. man, we're just cheering for you like crazy yeah. because man, like I said, the world's on fire. We need it. So do the hard work, do the hard work and identify the things that are holding you back. Amazing. We need you. Women, we need you, right? To step into those places. It's great. Really good. Thanks, Cheryl. Yeah, I think two words. So first of all, you are beautiful. And I think mm -hmm. as women, we don't hear that enough and we don't believe it enough. Mm -hmm. And we have this idea of what beautiful looks like and, and you're beautiful in God's eyes and yeah. that's all that matters. And, and also I think like show yourself grace. Mm -hmm. Like so many times it's hard for us to just show ourselves grace, right? Mm -hmm. Like we will show everybody else grace mm -hmm. before we show it to ourselves. Amen. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So those are my, my two words is just you are beautiful and yeah, just be patient with yourself and show yourself grace. I love that. I think the same. I mean, all of you, great points. I think the being kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm, the, I'm my, my, my harshest critic in so many things. I'm really hard on myself in some ways. Um, I think that the other thing too is that 
your value is not based on your production mm. and producing, but your value is based just completely on that God loves you yeah. as you are. So yes, maybe you're not a TV host like we are, but you could be doing some really good manufacturing work. You could be a teacher, a stay-at-home mom, a hairdresser, um, an artist, a truck driver, mm. and those are good things, and God loves you, and it's good, mm. and you are amazing. I think just, I think, again, I love what you're all saying, the affirmation of the person you are, mm -hmm. that God created you and sees you as beautiful and loved and worthy and all those things. And I think we need to voice that to more women. Mm -hmm. This is who you are. It's not what he's saying or she's saying or the world's saying about you. This is who you are. And we need you. Find the safe space. You're beautiful. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Let's Thank go. you. Thank you so much. I mean, honestly, a five-hour talk wouldn't even, like, you know, we wouldn't even finish <laughs> all the stuff that we're going to say. We, but... we forgot to interview you. Come oh, on. Oh, yeah. no, next yeah, time, next done. time. But listen, you know what? It is a privilege and honor for me to sit with you and celebrate you. I really want to celebrate my amazing uh, Crossroads host. It really is an honor to work alongside of you doing the work. So to you viewers and listeners, make sure you check out Hey Misha, 100 Huntley Street, Context Beyond the Headlines, great content great conversations they are amazing content creators and storytellers so make sure you check them out so thank you for joining us if you want to know more about them watch some good words resources read our blogs go to seeherelove.com if you want to hear this full conversation and all of its beauty and depth go to our podcast on spotify and apple podcasts well there's not much more to say after this incredible conversation but choose love and speak up when you see and hear racism, prejudice, and bias. Be an ally with those who are marginalized and on the outside. Give them dignity. And finally, do justice and love mercy and walk humbly with God. And as you do, always know you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Thanks for joining us. Good job, you guys. Yay. Well done.